did you get to to choose your shade of foreskin? <laughs> no, unfortunately. You look I like a medium tan. <laughs> well, since that's the beginning of it, guys, welcome to the S3 Magazine podcast. That's how we're going to start this one off. As always, I'm Mike Sanders. Dude in the dreads is Jonathan Woolley. We've got a guest on today, our buddy Ben Battles. What's up, dude? What's up, you guys? Happy to be here. Yeah, if you guys don't know Ben Battles, well, you, you, you freaking should. Um, he shoots for the magazine. He's good with a camera. He's good on TikTok. What's your name on TikTok? Battles Digital uh, or something? The Gambler Civic. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, and he's just one hell of a guy overall. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> we've got him on today. Because he uh, was fortunate enough to go, or unfortunate enough, depending on your your side of it, to go to the Gatlinburg event, to go to the Slammed Enough in Gatlinburg. Um, he even got himself a little uh, penis flesh colored shirt. And, <laughs> and so he's here to tell us about it. Because, <clears throat> like, I don't, I don't personally understand, you know, the scene anymore, because I guess I'm, I'm grandpa now, and I'm fine with that. But I do understand the energy because I've been a part of events with that same energy back in the late 90s. It was Nopi uh, back around 2010 or so. It was Import Alliance all the way. And now, you know, now these boys are doing their thing. And so uh, like, I don't know, describe it, dude. Like, what's the vibe? Because people are either all about it or like, don't get it. It's, it's very polarizing. It really is it's such a polarizing thing. You know, uh, a lot of at least like my friend group and for reference, like the majority, I'd say like 90% of them are aged like 24 to like 32 in that range. It's, it's very split. You've got the guys that like to go to the track on the weekends, whether it be drag or circuit racing, you know, for fun. Uh, and then you've got the guys that go to the car shows and they build their car aesthetically uh, first uh, in most cases. And then they go and show them off that way. And, and it seems like those two groups a lot of times don't do a lot of intertwining with each other. Um, so those that kind of grew up with the more track focused scene, it seems like there's a lot of confusion over what's going on. Why do you have more than like two degrees camber on your wheels? You know, why do you go around looking like, you know, it's cross-legged or whatever. Um, but, you know, there's definitely more to it than that. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely, like you said, it's, it's polarizing. You've got both sides of it, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here to answer any questions, you know, like what, what's hot on your mind right now? Uh, okay, here's a question. How long are we going to, like, stance cars before that dies? Dude, I mean, like, you and I talked about it briefly in passing. You know, it's it's not a new thing. Stancing cars hasn't been, I mean, like, it's been around for at least a decade. I can remember being a teenager and seeing, like, my first proper, like, stance car uh, at a local car meet. And I was just like, man, what in the world? Because, you know, I was used to, like, you know, like we were all used to like the Nopi style builds of the early 2000s and Lamborghini doors and NOS. And, you know, that was like, that's the thing. 
And then all of a sudden, this dude, I remember it. He is a, a very good friend of mine uh, now, Lucas. His his Scion TC, of, of all cars, he lived local to me. And I remember seeing this thing, like, sitting on the pavement, driving around, like, this far off. And he had some wicked wheels. And, like, he had to camber the back end. I think it was, like... It was a ridiculous amount for the time, you know, and it just kind of took me off guard because I'm sitting there in my Honda Civic with a big wing on the back, an arrow all over it, a gutted interior, like race car out. And I see this guy in a completely different car just go past me. I'm like, what in the world? And I just like broke my neck looking at it going up the road, you know, so it's like it's been around, right? And, and and it's just gotten more and more since since its inception. And you know, I think what's fueling that a lot is um, is social media, Instagram, Facebook. A, a lot of these cars, you you see a lot of people. And not saying that this is everybody by any stretch of the imagination, because there's definitely very genuine, like some of my very best friends in the world come from this community. But it seems like a lot of people are in it for you know, the clout of it, or just to get more likes on Instagram. Like there, you find a lot of people saying like, oh, you built your car for TikTok. You built your car for Instagram or Facebook instead of building it for you. And that is true to some degree in, in some ways or shapes, but it, it, because of these platforms gaining popularity over the years and everybody being more glued to their cell phones and, and it being more accessible, uh, I feel like the scene just keeps growing. And this year's Slammed Enough event was kind of like one of those, uh, you know, just like proof of concepts. It's yeah. gotten bigger every year that I've been. I've been to every Slammed Enough Gatlinburg since the very first one when it was actually hosted in Gatlinburg. Now it's hosted out in the Sevierville, uh, the fairgrounds or whatever it is that's out there. And it's uh, it's it's great. It's grown. And it just keeps getting bigger. And like even the spectator lots full of cars and they're all of different builds and varieties and everything. And they had to turn cars away at the door even. I mean, like it's big. It's just getting bigger. So, I, I man, I don't see it dying out soon necessarily. But, you know, it's it's definitely uh, it's big. It It's weird because <clears throat> from my perspective, like I can trace stance back to two things, uh, drifting and people getting inspired by what they were doing in Japan, because in Japan, this is like early 2000s, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Early to mid 2000s, like those guys were going hard. It was all about style. It was all about looks. And, and the American kids started to replicate that, slam the damn cars down, you know, crazy ass camber and crazy ass wide wheels, stretch your tires. And it became a thing. And then it was really juiced up by, um, in my opinion, uh, you know, in 2008 or so when the economy tanked, right? Like up until then, you guys that are younger have got to understand gas was not a concern. You know what I mean? Like we used to ride down to Panama City for spring break and 10 of us would take eight cars. You know what I mean? Like because that's the way it was. We did not give yeah. a shit about gas. It was not on our radar whatsoever. In 2008, all that began to change because for the first time in our lifetime, we saw gas get out of control, even scarce. You know, it was hitting, I don't know, in our region, five bucks a gallon at, at sometimes. So 
all the fun and games of putting big fuel injectors and turbos and shit like that on your car came to a screeching halt. Um, but car guys are going to be car guys. So what are you going to do, right? Like you still got to do something. So the focus started to change. It started to go kind of into the wheel fitment and stance thing. At the same time, you had social media was really taken off and, and it was going from forums to social media pages and stuff like that. And, and stance cars look amazing parts, you know what I mean? Like, and so that they all look like little superhero cars, like comic book sketches of what cars looked like, you know? Um, so I think that's what did it. What's confusing me now is like trends in car culture don't usually last this long. And let me preface by saying, I don't think stance is ever going anywhere. I think that once people's minds opened up, again, what, before that, when I was getting you know, into this in the 90s, it was about diameter. That's all we thought in. You know, we thought in like, what does the wheel look like? And I, I want 18s or whatever, you know, like I, it was all about going bigger. And then we started to learn about offsets, you know, and that started to change everything. And that will never go away. That's here to stay. But what blows my mind is I thought stance was going to be kind of like the initial fire when you strike a match. Like it burns hot and then it was going to kind of fade. And here we are like freaking 14 years in. And it is still a scene. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, that's what's crazy to me. And I almost felt like it got stupid. And then it kind of plateaued for a while, at least in my exposure. And now the stuff that I'm seeing out of Gatlinburg is like, the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's hit a whole new level of, you can call it stupidity, you can call it shock value, extremism, or whatever. I'm sure if you guys are listening to this, you saw in some form the RX-8, like. What, what are your thoughts on the RX-8? Oh my goodness. Well, I, you know, I've seen it in person. I, I even uploaded a video to my TikTok this morning of it, uh, knowing that it was a very polarizing car. Um, I'm sure you've seen the video of it going up onto the trailer and it like about falls off the thing because he's having to just send it up there. It's just like grinding the whole way up. And that's just inherent of any low car, not just necessarily that one. But still, you know, it's got like this much contact patch on the whole thing because wheels are cambered like, I don't even know. It's like 45 degrees, y'all. It's it's the most camber I've ever seen on a car. Um, in person, that car, you know, it's somebody commented and it said, bro has different fitment on every corner. And I'm like, it, it, it does to a certain point, like it's you know, a little bit lopsided, but it's not bad. It's honestly like, at what point do you just go, man, you've, you've pushed it enough. You've pushed the envelope this far. Like I'm all about a car looking nice and, and pleasant for pictures. I had a 2015 Volkswagen Passat air suspension, Bentley wheels that I had fitted to within like an inch of their life to the fenders without crushing them. And uh, like, 
I love that car and it was great. And it's what got me more into stance culture. But I was running like negative four, negative five degrees camber, like at most with spacers and everything. And then you have guys running like the wide body Lexus and Toyota BRZ 86, whatever's. And they're all like, yo, bro, I've got these works that I've just put 12 inch barrels on. And they're like this. And it's like, okay, but then the next guy's going to put a 13 inch barrel on his. And the next guy's going to put a 14 inch and a 14.5. And it just keeps going. And it's, and people are like, make the kits wider. And so these companies are starting to progressively make wider kits for these cars just to fit wider wheels. And it's just like, what, when is enough? But the but the blue RX-8, to go back to the original question, um, you know, it's it's polarizing. I don't mind it. Honestly, it's it's more of an art form in my book because you're kind of defeating the purpose. Not that an RX-8 is like a supercar or anything like that, but you're definitely losing your drivability of that car. I was stuck behind a lot of cars this weekend going up into the mountains, very curvy roads, and they're doing like 25, 30 miles an hour through there when I'm in a lifted Honda and I'm just like ripping through it like nobody's business. And then I get caught up in a line of traffic like a quarter mile long because... <clears throat> You know, you've got half an inch of contact patch, you know? So, I don't know, man. Yeah, you call it art. I call it, like, your sister. And then having a kid. And then... And then that kid gets pregnant. And then what you get from that... Stop. The <laughs> We're going to get struck immediately. <laughs> Every platform ever. Jesus, dude. I, I do feel like I do feel like we've kind of jumped the shark when it comes to the stance stuff. I feel like especially after seeing the video of that car, like it's gone too far. One, at least when I was growing up and getting into, you know, modifying cars, especially with the uh, the import stuff, it was all about drivability and braking and turning you know just suspension handling all, all that kind of stuff and if you had a if you were lucky enough to have a turbocharged car then you could actually compete with the big boys in the straights but other than that it was all about being squirty and fun and fast and i feel like what's happening here i mean in the case of the rx8 you're taking what that car is best at and you're absolutely neutering it and you're saying this car is really not good at much we're going to take the thing that it's best at we're going to just cut it off and say you're never going to be good at anything. I mean, it's not just the fact that it's no contact patch, but whenever you have something cambered in that much, I mean, like my Mustang only has a little bit of camber in the back, but you can feel it whenever it gets up on any type of curb because that tire is tilted in, it wants to grab it and pull it up, which is why when it went up that trailer, as soon as it grabbed anything on that right-hand side, it immediately just shot up the right-hand side and tried to come off. So I mean, I get it. It does make the cars look cool. Like you said, kind of superhero-ish. But, like, it's gotten comically bad now, in my opinion, with stuff like that. You're you're making the cars totally useless. You can't use them for anything other than Instagram pictures now. Yeah, I agree. It's not superhero anymore. It's inbred. But to play devil's advocate... Like, the dudes doing it are kind of freaking cool. 
You know, like, so it's this, ah, uh, it's like this, look, as, as a self-proclaimed professional in this automotive industry, I'm really conflicted. I grew up around motorsports um, and, and racing and, and the golden era in a lot of ways of, of really cool motorsports. And so that was ingrained in me as a kid. So I, I got my keys, I got my license. I was 16, like, as this stuff was really blowing up, the whole import culture and everything. And so I took what I was raised on and I kind of put it into that. And yes, I did it in a youthful and probably stupid way. I thought intakes gave me 25 horsepower to the wheels and all that bullshit. But it was all a pursuit of performance. And like what they're doing now is just foreign to me because I don't think that they had that same upbringing around any sort of motorsports. So it's different for them. You know what I mean? Like they, they just don't care. They don't care. They don't care if what they're doing is stupid. And there's a beauty in that. That is kind of the beauty of youth is that they don't give a fuck what I think. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool. But at the same time, it's like, guys, your car could actually be so much more to drive than it is. Um, and you guys don't even know what you don't know. Yeah, I mean, that that's totally fair. And I don't think... You know, all these kids out here with, you know, negative 10 degrees of camber on any of their cars ever saw like a drift car, for example, and got the idea because the front wheels are cambered just so that they have, you know, an inch of control just enough to get the car to slide, but enough to get it out easily. Um, I don't think they saw a car like that that's purpose built for that reason in motorsports and said, you know what? I'm going to do that to my car. No, they probably saw the guy at the show a few years back that was like getting all the attention because he had one inch wider wheels than everybody else fitted on the same car as everybody else. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's so there, it's it's about diversity, too. Like that is one thing that I noticed at this year's um, Slammed Enough show was the diversity was definitely there. Um of course, there's always going to be a million BRZs with Rocket Bunny kits on them. That's just like the go-to copy-paste. Not, I'm not, you know, saying like I don't like them or anything. I think that they're fantastic cars. I think if you build a Rocket Bunny car and actually give it like a solid wheel and tire setup that fits, I mean, they're viable track cars all day long. They're they're fantastic. Just little, you know, weekend weapons. They're great. Um, but then you fit like the ES. I saw one this weekend that was on these ESRs, I think, three-piece ESRs. And I mean, I was like, how do you, it's the question that's on everyone's mind, right? How do you drive the things? And people are just like, man, I just I just take it out and drive it. A lot of these kids are building these cars and then they get into it and then people are like, oh man, that's so cool. And they're like, I hate this car. That is one thing I experienced that I didn't fully understand. And it was talked about a lot at the show was that a lot of these, not a lot, but like more, more than you would think people are building these cars and then they show up to the show and they just got it finished. And they're like, it broke down four times on the way up here. I lost a wheel going up here. I've cracked this fender, this and that. And it's like an inconvenience. It's what's called 
They literally have a name for it. It's called the Gat Curse, the Gatlinburg Curse. Anytime anybody goes up there and actually attempts to drive these cars around, you mess up something. You hit a rock. You hit a cart. You curb your wheels. A wheel falls off. You know, pulleys and belts fall just randomly. And it's like, man, it's it's almost like this car's not usable anymore. Um, but, like, I see both sides of it. You know, if you're building a car and you have that image, like every car I've ever worked on and built, I have an image of what I want that car to look like in the end. And honestly, in my book, at the end of the day, if you're building that car to be what your vision of that car is, more power to you. Could care less if it's got 50 degrees of camber on it or not. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's different. I mean, <clears throat> here's something <clears throat> for those guys to consider. They call it the Gatlinburg curse. It, they're breaking because they're awful cars. I mean, that, that's that's the reality. They have built these cars in a very, very bad way, and, and they're not actually usable. So I'm not, I mean, <clears throat> that's supposed to sting a little bit, but here's here's the new way to look at it if you're, you know, into this kind of shit, and, and you figure out how to make stance work for you. Instead of making stance neuter the car, figure out <clears throat> how to chase stance how to maybe modify your vision a little bit and make the car actually function and work in turn so that you can drive it on those little national park roads and have a good time. Uh, you know, I went after Stance for a, a split second when I first got my CRX and I went on one trip and I was like, this blows, this car sucks. If I have a backpack in the back of it or God forbid a cooler that's half full, I'm scrubbing everything. This is stupid. So I went back and I cut out fenders and put meteor bigger. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to lead anybody, but do better. Like like try and chase stance in a way that meets some sort of functionality. Unless you guys just think it's cool to have cars that don't work good. And then if that's the case, that's a generation gap and and more power to you. Yeah, so so I definitely understand where you guys are coming from because I know, like, you can absolutely take modifying a car too far in the wrong direction. And I've been known to do this with some of my cars. I almost did it with that Mustang I was talking about earlier, where I'm chasing, chasing big power numbers, you know, or, or whatever it happens to be. But typically, I do have a problem with just taking the car just a step too far. And you think you have it where you want it. You go out and you drive it. And you're like, this thing sucks. I literally ruined the car. I thought we did that with the Mustang. Um, ended up, you know, swapping out and putting a different clutch in there to hold the power and ended up changing the whole drivability of it. I love it all over again now, but it took me a while to kind of figure out what I truly messed up along the way. I think that some of these stance guys and girls, they become obsessed with the camber degree number, just like some people get obsessed with the horsepower number. And you're like, I got to have a thousand horsepower. Okay. Anybody who's actually ever driven a thousand horsepower vehicle, it's pretty worthless. You cannot drive it, at least yep. not on the street. You, you can't do it. I'm mean, even if it's a GTR and all-wheel drive and and fat and heavy, you can't really drive that thing on the street. Same thing with these stance cars. You guys are taking it too far. You got to find that gray area where the car still works, it still functions properly, but does what you want it to. Um, now, again. Do what you want, man. Build what you want. I'm not going to be the one to sit here and say that. 
but also don't show up to the event and say, man, this car sucks. I hate it so much. You hate it because you screwed up along the way. Just listen to my advice. Don't take it so damn far next time. You know, just just do a little bit here. All right, car's still drivable and fun. All right, we'll do a little bit more. Car's still drivable and fun. Okay, maybe if it's starting to feel shitty, maybe stop. Maybe <laughs> slow down and do something else. Maybe throw a turbo on there and less camber. Just a thought. Yeah. Um, anyway, to turn this around and make it more positive, because I, I like literally, I don't want to rip on the kids. Um, you know, I know that a lot of these dudes support the shit out of S3, like no questions asked. And that's the problem is a lot of this is, is our age and our experience kind of ruining fun for us in a way. Um, because I know that these kids, I know a lot of them, you know, and, and they're, they're psyched about every freaking thing. They love everything. Like the world hadn't ruined them yet. Everything's great. There's a certain beauty in that that I don't want to ruin too much. So like when I bitch at you guys, like I'm doing it as like a big brother. Like I'm doing it to be like just to, to mess with you. You know what I mean? Like in the end, I want you to have a good time. And that's what it's about. And like what you guys are doing over here in Gatlinburg or in Chattanooga or whatever, like at Riverside, like these are the good old days. Like you guys are living them right now. And you're going to like the guys that are in their twenties right now are going to look back and be like, dude, remember when we can put 25 degrees of camber on a car and drove that goddamn thing down to check. Like it's, <clears throat> it's cool. I get it. Um, and you know, I went to Riverside this year and there is a definite vibe and we're talking about the extremes right now. We're talking about, you know, that RX-8 because it went viral or whatever. And by the way, I heard the guy's cool as shit, you know, but like it, we're talking about the extremes and I know that not everything's that extreme. I went to Riverside and so did Mike. And there is a definite vibe. Like I left going, I get it. Like it, it, it's a good energy here. You know, like I get it. I like the fact that these guys at this point that young people are even screwing with cars and are pursuing them. You know, I think that that's super cool. And the reality is, you take the Gatlinburg crowd, I mean, like, not to go back to being depressing, but it's getting to that age to where a third of them are about to pursue the next level. They are about to unstance and go after a more uh, driver experience than just the show-off thing. Um, a third of them are about to age out. A third of them are about to find girls, get married, have kids, buy something more practical, the car will sit for a few years and then eventually get sold off. And then the last third are in this for life. You know, like that's just the kind of the way it goes. They're going to be stancing the hell out of everything, you know, and pushing limits until they're little old dudes. Um, so I, what is the, what's the energy like at Gatlinburg? It's like not something you can like, like, I hate to be that corny guy, right? Like, but you have to go there and find out for yourself. Like, you know what I mean? It's one of those events. Like, for me, Gatlinburg has always been like hanging out with a bunch of friends. And when I say a bunch of friends, I mean, like my friends list, when I go to look like, I mean, I'm Facebook friends with like 2,500 people or something like that. But like they're all mostly car enthusiasts and then my family, <laughs> you know, but it's like three to four <laughs> or 500 people at a time. 
that I know and we're mutuals with go to this show. And it's the only time every year, maybe minus um, Riverside, that I get to see these people and hang out with them. And it's around cars. And, you know, there's always something for everyone there. You will have, like, there was a R34 GTR there, surprisingly, this time around. There was, uh, there were other, like, track cars that were there, like, legit cars that are, like, purpose-built for racing as part of the show. Uh, so there is something for everyone there. So everybody kind of has something to talk about. And so you can come up and, like, you know, you might not be into one part of the stance culture, but then you talk to somebody and they're like, hey, let meet this friend or meet this friend, you know, and you start talking and, and it's just a bunch of socialization up there. And uh, it's it's wonderful. It's a great time. And it's not just at the show, too, like um, Vaded Mob, one of the car groups, they threw together a pre-meet at the Smoky Stadium. And it was like... I, I can't even explain it. It's just like, imagine like the coolest local car show you ever had in like, you know, the Walmart parking lot and amplify it by a hundred. And it was just like a full, like minor league stadium parking lot full of just like the best cars and people. Nobody was doing burnouts this time. Nobody was doing excessive revving. So good job, everybody that went to that and, you know, abided by the rules. But it's just like that. It's something that when you go and you experience that, it leaves a mark with you. You know, you can think back to the time. It's like, man, remember that night where we were all there just hanging around and we just looked around and everything you could see was just cars lined up trying to get in find a place to park and it's just like jam-packed and the cops were everywhere it's like yeah it's it's cool and the cops they're also cool by the way like they like they've become understanding of course you've got your outliers i've definitely seen one or two posts from people being like man the cops up here suck it's like you were probably doing something to grab their attention you know like yeah. i don't know <clears throat> but yeah when you get up there and you see it like Especially like when you rent like a cabin, that's a, a big appeal. Like I stay at my friend's cabin. Uh, shout out to them for letting me come and stay up in the hills of Pigeon Forge. And you could just like wake up in the morning and see nothing but just like mountains and trees and everything is gorgeous up there. So it's like, I don't know if the vibes are good, I guess you could say, you know, as the kids say these days. So, yeah, it, it's cool. That's what I was going to ask you about, because like in me and Mike's day, this was like kind of before Airbnb. Like it was about raging hotel parties. Like that's what we did. Yeah. We all would stay at the same hotel and and the parking lot would turn into a car show and, and a kegger. And you know what I mean? It would just oh, yeah. it would come off the rails. So I assume these days everybody uses their little smartphone to go get some Airbnb cabin or something like that. Like, how does that go? How does like the car culture at night, how do people get rowdy? Like, do they just invite people over to their Airbnbs? And if so, they're going to trash that freaking place and be responsible for it. like a hotel. You can kind of be like, all right, check out. <laughs> you know, like. Oh, I've got a story for you. Okay. So 
back a couple of years ago, me and some friends were invited to a house party hosted by one of the car groups. I won't say who, but things got so rowdy. We, we walked in and my one of my friends was the bouncer of the place. Super chill. He's like six foot infinity, huge guy. And we walk in and immediately kegger, kegger handstand kegger like all this stuff somebody pulls out a flamethrower kid you not like one of those elon musk flamethrowers a dj shows up everybody starts partying dancing to the music some girl gets her purse stolen like all of this within the span of 30 minutes and then me and my friend are like looking around and we're like we're the oldest people in here and we're like 25 Let's leave. So we did, and the cops got called. So, I mean, like, things can get out of hand very quickly. But I will say, if you're not out looking for trouble, there's plenty to do. Like, you know, Pigeon Forge is just like a tourist trap. You're right there. So as long as you're, like, hanging out towards the strip, after the show's over, there's, like, a parking lot that everybody goes to it's like known you go to this parking lot to go and you know talk to other people and see other cars and it, it got full like every night and then people would disperse from there and it's getting you know like all the restaurants start closing so then people start posting up in parking lots the gas stations that had good lighting this this year totally full of cars i saw videos and stuff like i drove past it i'm like i should probably stop and i look over and i'm like I cannot park anywhere, anywhere. And I'm like, I can't even park in the grass over here. Like, it's just full of cars. And it's just like, man, that's so, it's so wicked. You don't have to go look for it. It's all right there in Gatlinburg. Like, it, like you can even go and take a drive up into the Smokies and you're going to run into cars passing you both ways. And the, the coolest part about all of this, you're sitting in traffic after the show, right? And everywhere you look in traffic, it's just like, there's a Stance Miata right here. There's a supercharged BRZ here. Up front, you got like a Mercedes G-Wagon or, you know, it's like, it's it's all the cars all the time, everywhere in traffic for hours. And, you know, if you just like sit in traffic looking at cool cars, it's great. You know, I was sitting in traffic next to this dude with a, a 6.0 turbo swapped Genesis. Like dude was getting it and was just like playing in traffic. It was It was great. You know, you'll have a good time no matter what you decide to do up there because there's always going to be something, not even at the show. I had friends that didn't even buy tickets to the show, and they ended up saying, like, man, this year was the best. And I'm like, you didn't even go to the show. And they're like, why would I spend $40 to just, like, go outside and see the cars that are not showing the next day today? Like, you know, I was like, okay, I get that. So, yeah, there's, there's something for everybody. Fair enough. Um, I had one other question that I just randomly thought of while you were wrapping that up. The blue Accord Coupe, like 99 Accord Coupe or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I was at Petit Le Mans this past weekend, but I was checking whatever social media. And I, I didn't even, I don't even understand what the kids are saying these days with all their lingo. But like, what was the deal with that car? Like, I couldn't figure it out. Apparently, it got kicked out, and I was trying to figure out, like, wait, are the people for it getting kicked out or against it getting kicked out? I can't tell. It was just another car with 45 degrees of stance of negative camber. 
But what was the deal with that? Were they overbook it or what? So I'm not one to speculate, you know, I mean, like publicly or anything like that. But from what I understand is that um, they were at some sort of like a capacity or getting close to it. And he was pulled into the line. I took a couple videos of the car. I thought it was wild to see. I actually enjoyed that car a, a good amount. You know, I'm I'm a fan of like clear taillights and stuff, but apparently when he got up to the front of the line, um, the staff realized that like there was a cracked taillight, a couple of other things or something like that, and they turned him away. Um, which was weird because there were definitely some cars in the show with like cracked windshields, bumpers that were fitted incorrectly. Like, you can nitpick all day long, so it's like, why that one in particular? I don't know the whole story. I've posted it to my TikTok. It's got like uh, three, 400,000 views or something like that, and I'm constantly going through the comments just trying to find something that's like definitive on it, and I don't want to start any drama or anything with anybody, but like, it was it was a good car. I Like I said, I liked it. But I guess the staff were taking note and being more selective this year because last year, and I think the year before that, maybe even further back, um, people were just ripping the show apart any way they could just to take a jab at the company, you know, for whatever reason. And there was a dude that walked around last year with a whiteboard that said ref wheel count and had tally marks next to it. That was that was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that. This year, that guy, I didn't see him if he was there. Um, but there were definitely, like, notes taken. Like, obviously, they, they were like, all right, you know what? Real wheels all the way around. I wasn't paying too much attention. To, I don't think I saw too many, if any, replica wheels of any sort. Like, it was definitely, like, the standard to have at least forged wheels, if not multi-piece. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean... If you're the dudes that slammed enough, you're not going to please everybody. And that's the problem in the social media world is that, you know, people get on there on online and bitch and bicker about whatever personal little problems. Um, you know, my mom used to work for Delta and it sounds kind of a lot like what airlines do. They overbook flights because they know statistically a certain amount of people aren't going to make it. And there was a big ass hurricane and that might have had something to do with it. You know what I mean? So like it it's kind of just smart business to overbook a little bit. And that probably explains a lot of it. You know what I mean? Like when the guys are coming in early, yeah, a cracked bumper or windshield might fly. And then as you get later in the day, you're like, holy hell, we are at capacity. Like we're gonna have to start making some calls. And I mean, I don't blame you for that. I was just wondering what the hell the drama was around the situation. And also, to your point, I am a huge fan of clear taillights. Yeah. And if they're cracked, it's because they're vintage, man. Like, yeah. that's part of it. You can't just go buy those things anymore. But back in the day, like, when when the clear taillights, not the APC, but, like, the, the white smoke taillights were new, that was the hottest shit. It was the most exciting thing you could do to your car. I had a second-gen Eclipse. You know how badass that eclipse was with that whole rear end being white dude i used yeah. to get pulled over all the time for that shit too that was like probable cause i would get pulled over they would be like your taillights aren't working i was like the hell they aren't and and we go and look and they'd be working and they'd be like 
oh yeah, okay, well I see them now anyway, blowing this. <laughs> that, was, that was the way that went, but I went to UGA where we were all hammered all the time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Mike, do you have any questions for this lad? I don't think so, man. I think we covered it all. Cool, cool. Trying to, th trying to think. So in conclusion, if I'm a 43-year-old dude that wants to go to Gatlinburg, um, is that going to be weird? No. <laughs> I mean, a couple people bought, like, their, their grandmas along. Like, seriously. Yeah, there were some there were some older folks, and they were just, like, you know, kind of standing there like, oh, yeah, you know, pointing out. They, they didn't understand what they were looking at, but they are like, as long as I'm with my grandchild, I'm happy, you know? So you can be that old grandma, you know? I don't see any problem with that. No, dude, like, there's people of all ages out there, man. You, you will, I promise you'll have a good time regardless. Yeah, it does. It does look like a good time, <laughs> you know, for sure. It does look like that. Um, anyway. All right. Well, I just wanted to get some perspective from somebody that has been there, because. As I said, online, you see the dumbest of all the shit. That's the way social media works, regardless of what the topic is. You're going to see the dumbest shit around it. So, yeah, I was just. I don't know, man. It's curious. It's curious to me. It's interesting to me. Um, I, I don't know. Call it the psych major in me. But, like, I get really curious at, like, what the kids are doing and what inspires them and why it inspires them, especially when I don't fully get it. You know what I mean? And it's always, like, this, like, this fine line that I'm writing because, I mean, if we're being honest, half of me wants to go, what the fuck are you guys doing? You're all idiots. And the other half of me just as equally as like, that's fucking awesome though, because you guys are doing your thing. And I'm always torn between the two. Um, so I don't know, man, y'all keep doing your thing. Definitely, we will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, well, take us out. All right, guys, as always, thank you. If you've made it this far, you're awesome. Let's give a big round of applause for our buddy, Ben Battles. Thanks for hanging out, dude. Always good to see you again. Um, the typical stuff, like, subscribe. Most importantly, check out the S3 app. It's on Apple and uh, also the Google Play Store. We'll see you guys next time.